Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing ass says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. Hope that you are all healthy, happy, and safe wherever you are today. I was, uh, I don't know if you've seen or heard much of what's coming out of New, of New York, in particular in the, in the Buffalo area and the massive storm that they're having. Folks who, uh, went out of their homes during this, uh, blizzard, uh, this Arctic blast, uh, some of them, uh, became disoriented in the cold and the snow. And, uh, right now, uh, they're just barely trying to catch up with emergency calls. Their, uh, first responders were unable to reach in most cases. I think they said three fourths of their ambulances and fire engines were not able to respond to 911 calls. And I was thinking, you know, we often laugh or joke about how you know, sometimes the weather people or these, you know, national weather services will, uh, you know, it sounds like they're saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and and we get really, you know, dismissive when a big storm doesn't uh, turn out the way we, they had anticipated or that they said it was going to. And the reason that they, you know... W- ask you to err on the side of caution is for situations like Buffalo, New York and in the surrounding areas. There look there there were kids in there's a baby a year old whose ventilator relied on power supply and because so many people are without power this baby this one-year-old baby's mom had to manually keep her baby breathing all night long and it's for those reasons look we can laugh about it but take it seriously when they say there's going to be a store that's possibility of high winds or you know sub-zero temperatures uh blinding drifts of snow we have to be we have to be cautious uh so i get it i get that okay it wasn't that bad it wasn't snowmageddon uh, but each time try to take it as seriously as you possibly can i don't think for one that we should be sending out uh, reporters out on the street anymore ever to tell us that it's cold outside we got it we've had decades of people having ice and snow and wind blowing in their faces we got it uh, although i do i really did enjoy the uh, sports reporter in Iowa who, uh, if you've seen some of the video, uh, he was called in to do some of the on the street reporting. And I think my favorite line was uh, this, that he was not aware that there was a 3.30 in the morning also. And as each uh, each. Uh, cut to him when they would ask him for an update on how the weather was, he was getting progressively uh, more cynical and sarcastic and, uh, and 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 told people it would, it would go that way. And I, I don't blame them. Uh, they, they don't need to send people out on the street. For years, I used to make jokes about uh, Channel 7's Michelle Gallardo, who, uh, you know, I, I would make jokes about how they would send her out into the just the freezing, icy conditions. And uh, a friend of mine asked me, my friend comedian uh, Carmen Lynch, she was like, they, they don't really send her out there like that, do they? And we, she was visiting in the middle of winter. We visited the uh, Field Museum with my family, and it happened to be a particularly snowy day. As you know, right on the lake, it gets uh, even more dramatic than it might in other areas of the city. And there, basically hip deep in snow, was Michelle Gallardo as we were leaving the museum. I'm like, hey, Carmen, by the way, 
there she is, camera crew, lights on her. And uh, I just don't think it's necessary to send people out in those conditions. Uh, it's just for, I guess, the visual of it. Um, but I, I do want folks to consider when we get reports like we did last, starting last Monday, we were told that it was possible that we would have severe weather. And my, we started planning, and I know that there was a run at the grocery stores. As soon as you get the information, just, you know, or have in your pantry the things that you know that you'll need, whether it's some, you know, a stock of uh, canned goods and some water, make sure you're up to date on your prescriptions in case you go for a few days. And this is just in general. I know I'm, I'm one of those folks that, that would rather just be prepared in the event that something happens. Uh, I have a, I, I have in the past had a go bag, uh, one in my closet. And when I traveled by car frequently, I had a, a bag in my car in case I was stranded somewhere. I had a blanket. I had a uh, you know, like granola bars, uh, a bunch of some, you know, supply of food and water uh, just in case. And believe me, after that, uh, we mentioned this last week, that event where hundreds of cars were stranded on Lakeshore Drive. I was reminded of how helpful that is. I have, I have a jar, a small jar of peanut butter in there and, and some other things. And then I also have a, I know this is a little graphic, uh, Lady B, but I also have a, an empty peanut butter jar so that I could uh, take care of business if I needed to in my car. Uh, I was just watching this really silly movie. I don't if anyone's seen it, it's a, I was looking desperately for holiday movies. I feel like I've seen them all, and there there's a few gems out there. But there was one movie with uh, Renee Zellweger and uh, Harry Connick Jr. I think it was around 2008, and she comes from like Florida or somewhere to run a factory in Minnesota, and she doesn't know how to handle the icy roads, and she drives into a snow d- drift, and really like my biggest nightmare of being stuck in a uh, in a snowbank. Just she can't back out of it. The the roads are empty, and uh, and so that's that, that exact situation is why I uh, prepare with a, a bag in my car with some items that might help in that situation. And uh, it, it's just it's look. I'm just one of those folks that uh, better to be prepared, over prepared, than sorry. Not that I'm prepared in any situ every situation. Uh, just take it into consideration. So my point being the 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 tragic. News coming out of uh, Buffalo is uh, is a reminder that he, listen to the emergency warnings. Uh, folks are being asked not to leave their homes. They do not have the capacity to make sure that the emergency crews are able to take care of anyone who needs them. Uh, in, in their rural areas, they simply cannot reach at all. And they know that there were a lot of people in their cars that were not responsive to phone calls. They know that there are people that are still out there. They're still trying to track people down. And uh, we live in an area where that kind of weather catastrophe is possible. So just uh, I, I, I push back on when, when people dismiss, you know, the uh, overreaction of our news teams when it comes to the possibility of temperatures, of the snow. We've had we had fatalities here in Illinois, um, you know, have uh, batteries and flashlights. We have a uh, crank radio. So in the event that something happens, uh, it's just uh, rechargeable by by cranking it up. And uh, it has a, a channel for the uh, National Weather Service as well on there. 
And, uh, you know, look, I am the I am the Girl Scout who uh, makes sure that uh, a lot of our stuff in our house, if there's any anything that's really important that we have backed up, like like original photos, I have those all in a tub uh, and they are stored someplace where in case something awful happens, uh, hopefully they will be preserved. I have a firebox. Uh, <laughs> that's what I call it, where all of our important papers are essentially uh, something that would be hopefully be able to withstand a uh, fire or flood. And uh, I also, every time they say, you know, go to your basement or go seek shelter in the event of a tornado, uh, I, we are, you will find us in my basement. And great, grateful to have one because I know that not everybody is uh, able to have uh, that. So, uh, believe me, when I'm on the road, the worst weather warning I hate getting on the road. I remember often I would be in Indiana or in Ohio and they would come across and they would say, they would give all all the listing of where the tornado is traveling and the counties. And I'm like, I'm not from around here. (laughs) Tell me if it's coming toward me or, uh, and when you're on the road and it's hard to figure out like, where am I, do I seek shelter now? And, and they'll say, and sometimes it sounds imminent. They're like, if you cannot seek shelter, they will, it will say literally to find a ditch and lay flat on the ground so that the wind will blow right over you. And of course, my joke in stand-up is, uh, is it weather or is it a tornado that's going to mug me, uh, pickpocket me, like face down, uh, count to 20. But but it is, I, I guess because I've been in situations where, um, you know, it is important to get away from the windows. It is important to make sure that you have the supplies that you need on hand. Uh, it's, again, better to err on the side of caution and over-prepare than to be in a situation where you or those you love might be in danger. I I feel awful for all the people that are trapped at uh, the airports across the country. Southwest uh, Airlines canceled, I believe, over 5,500 flights in 48 hours, record-breaking numbers. They uh, were showing photos of everyone that is uh, stranded at Midway Airport. Uh, If you follow Amanda Vinicky, and I recommend that you do, she does a great job reporting in the Chicagoland area as well well as Springfield politics. She was talking about having witnessed seeing uh, folks um, reuniting at the airport. So at least a couple of good stories. But there are people who cannot get their bags. They've been told they probably won't get them back until after the new year. Other folks are saying uh, being told that they won't be able to rebook right now. And, and just people trapped all over the country, which is just a, a nightmare for them. I can't imagine. We were trapped one time at an airport for eight hours, and it was it was a lot. It was a lot to, to manage. So uh, anyway, let's take a break here. Jim, I'll take a call when we come back. If you want to join our conversation, 773-763-9278 is the number to join us. That's 773-763-9278. And we continue to give away a $50 gift card every day through the end of the year for Gindo's Spice of Life. You can go to gindos.com and see the incredible collection of wonderful sauces that they have available there. And you know what? Today, let's just go with there. I, I, I'm trying to remember some of the sauces that they have. I know that we've done a lot of different uh, uh, different variations of their... Let's see. I've done the Honey Prosecco. I've done all the other ones. Uh, let's just go with... Uh, oh, I know the one that I want to have. When it, they have a limited... A small batch, uh, so I believe, uh, coming up like in the... Is it in the, the, the summer? Black garlic. 
That's the one I want to get a batch of is uh, their black garlic. So text black garlic to 773-763-9278. That's the number to text black garlic to for your chance to win a $50 gift card to Gindo's Spice of Life. Again, go to gindos.com and uh, and pick something out in case you win a gift card. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Manaqua Brewing, for their uh, really their incredible support to make these conversations possible every single day of the week. Oh, the weekdays, uh, and uh, go to go to their Facebook page. Monaco Brewing. Kirk Banks said always has a very engaging and dynamic post uh, to share information about where to pick up some of their brews. You can also find the list of everywhere that uh, the Monaco Brewing Progressive Brew is carried in the Chicagoland area by visiting the Patty Vasquez Show page. We, we've got it pinned right there. Jerry Walski's uh, made sure that you are up to date on all the locations where they are available. We also want to thank our friends at Kids Above all helping kids uh, throughout the Chicagoland area live to their best possible potential. Kids who have survived trauma, who are dealing with a lot of stress in their lives, from early childhood to foster care, group home care, and uh, and dealing with trauma. They do an amazing job there. So go to kidsaboveall.org to support the work they do. And of course, uh, coming up in a little bit, we'll have our traffic that's sponsored by European and U.S. Car Service over by there at 4080 North Broadway. Thank you to Warren Price. More in a moment on Driving at Home till 7. I'm your host, Patty Vasquez. The family meeting. There's a practical use to social media. And I know it's it's hard to watch some of the garbage that comes across, the, the silly videos, and you, you don't want everybody to tell you every little thing they're doing. And I don't care about your little, you eat the pizza. I don't I care about that. It's still, But it's still different than opening up a newspaper or a magazine and going, well, that article I'm not interested in. That article right. I'm not interested in. I'm, gonna be, I'm interested in one. Or, or, or oh. thumbs down or whatever you do to it so it doesn't show up it's anymore. the same thing. But it's also an opportunity for you to spread the word, right? Tune into the family meeting Sunday at four. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and driving it home. Let's take your phone calls. I was talking about the extreme weather that has descended upon areas like Buffalo, New York, where people have been stranded uh, in many situations without access to emergency crews if they do find themselves in a a, a catastrophic situation. Jim is calling from Chicago. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? Yeah, I'm just thinking of extreme weather events. Uh, see if we can follow me. 95, I walk, and I've got an appointment down at Michigan Avenue for uh, an eye appointment. I finally had one eye. Anyway, my girlfriend was in Montreal, and I could feel the heat creeping up in my nose. Anyway, got out of the doctor's office. I got pretty good news. I get in the cab. I told the cab driver, I said, you're going to see more dead people you ever saw in your life. He goes, what do you mean? I said, don't worry. I said, by the time this week is over, you're going to see more dead people you ever saw in your life. Sure enough, they had the... They had 800 dead. I mean, that's how extreme that weather yeah. was. And no one, 
and no one was prepared for it. No, they were using... No one was prepared for it. There yeah. were no cooling centers. There was nothing. You know, there was nothing. Uh, so, I mean, extreme weather events, you'd think that the municipality would plan for it. I don't care if it's extreme cold, extreme heat. Yep. Uh, that would be rudimentary as far as I'm concerned. Of course... I'm not running the show. You know what I mean, Patty? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I, that, if you recall, they were using uh, they were using the paddy wagons uh, for morgues because they had run out of space and they needed to keep the bodies cool because they were stacking them in uh, 1995. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, uh, they had no uh, heat. Heat can kill you as quick as 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 uh, frostbite too. You know, both of them. I, I think I got frostbite a couple of years ago. Now I've been out working all my life outside, and you know the snow starts at sixty-seven, then eighty, get seventy-eight. You know, extreme weather. And I was out there trying to start my car, and I didn't have gloves on. And my, and I'm getting older, and my thumb was exposed. Anyway, I got frostbite in my thumb, and it's still bothering me. So that's a dangerous thing. Frostbite's dangerous. If you, once you get it. It stays with you for a long time, for years. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Just, you know. Absolutely. So, I mean, any, extreme, any extreme weather event uh, is dangerous. And I think that every, you, know, you should just plan for it. Anyway, Patty, thanks a million. I just thought of that, that 95 was unreal. No. Anyway. Absolutely true. Have a, have a good night, Jim. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Take care, Jim. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely right. I remember when I was, my husband and I started dating that summer. Now I remember, sweetie. It was 1995 that we started dating because it was that summer. Uh, we were we were sitting down and uh, and it was we had the air conditioning. We both only had window units for air conditioning, and you know we we felt somewhat comfortable and we were just hanging out. And we went to stand up. And it was hot. It, the the room was split in half. The bottom, if you were sitting down, you could enjoy the air conditioner. But because heat rises, it was. It, it, I thought I had never. To Jim's point about how he could feel the heat going up his nose, and there was something different about the heat that summer. That was uh, just. It was. It was horrible. If you remember some of those, you know, the banks will have the temperature. Like remember, there were some that like just basically like made them go on the fritz for how hot it was. Hey, Rose, what's on your mind? Hey, Patty. Hi. Hey, um, yeah, the, the whole crazy weather is much different than growing up as a kid and you had the snow days and stuff. Sure. Building snow forts, oh my God. But that's not what I called to talk about. I actually would like to talk about, I wanted to compliment you on what a great show you had when you were guest hosting for Edwin on Saturday. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. That I was, it was what I actually went back and listened to it again. I would encourage any of your listeners. It, just the fact you had, um, what was his name, Elliot, and then you had your son Griffin, and just the viewpoints from the different generations, yeah. the topics you guys were discussing, just spot on. Some of them I've been wondering about myself, so I would encourage anybody to go back to um, Heartland Signal's website and, and listen, uh, replay the show if they, if they missed it. And one of the topics that, that you guys were talking about that day um, with the two of them, I think was about what these... I think it was about how the right-wingers, how do they talk with their younger family members about some of these things, you know, some of these things that they're, let's say it's about overturning Roe v. Wade. I mean, how, how would they, how do they talk to their young, their daughters, granddaughters, whatever, that, oh, sorry, we just overturned, we just took mm-hmm. away, you know, your right to bodily autonomy. So I, I think you guys a little bit touched on just that whole thing, how do those, you know, the right-wingers talk to their younger because I've been wondering that myself. What are they, you know, like when they over, I think that was June 24th, that'll be 
forever etched in my mind mm-hmm. when they overturned Roe. And you think, okay, they're rich, they're whatever, they've got the means. So, you know, where where would, could, um, what is her name, Amy Coney Barrett, where would her daughter or future granddaughters, where, what country would they fly off to to get their abortion? Right. Because you know, you know, they've got the means to do it. But just how, I just have wondered that myself for a long time. How do they, how do they talk to their younger the ones that this affects the most, that things like that. It just so I was really happy that you brought that up Saturday. Um, so, like I said, I would encourage any of your listeners that missed it to go replay that show. That warms my heart. It was uh, my son's first time, and uh, and he said that he felt like Elliot and I didn't uh, like turn the conversation over to him. And I was like, hey, next time, just jump right in. But I thought he did a great job too. I was really, I was super proud uh, of of Griffin. Oh, he's got a great future. Oh my God, he and. I mean, he's very humorous. Yep. In his own, uh, it was like I said, it was a great show, and I went back and re listened to it. And you just mentioned um, before uh, my call, you were talking, and you mentioned something about Girl Scouts, and I think it had to do with the snowstorms and stuff like that. Speaking of that, I just happened to watch a good movie the other night, a recent movie, where Girl Scouts were mentioned a few times in the movie, and it was actually, it surprised me. It was starring Allison Janney. And it was called, it's called Lou. L-O-U. Yes. <laughs> I and saw that one. Seen it. Yes. You, oh, my God. Enjoyed I it. So yes. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I wanted to recommend that one. But, yeah, like I said, um, I just wanted to compliment you on hosting that and all, everything and how it worked out, having the different generations and the topics and everything. So you've got to be one of the hardest working uh, women out there with your comedy show with this radio, you know, driving at home, graciously guest hosting for other people. You're obviously a great and devoted Aww. mom, and you're such a great advocate for your son with special needs. I mean, you are doing everything, so hopefully you can get some rest. Well, to <laughs> your point, so busy, I, obviously. Oh, thank you. Well, to your point, and I, I realized today that I needed to take a break because I had a different show planned today, and the, and the plans fell through, and it threw me for a little bit of a loop because I was busy doing my other job, and I was like, I can't do all of this. So I am taking tomorrow off. I'm taking a, I'm taking a mental health day tomorrow. <laughs> and oh, El- that's wonderful. Thank you. And Elliot Serrano will be here, the guest that you're talking about from uh, the show I filled in with Edwin, and I will have Elliot and Griffin back in the studio again when uh, when their schedules allow because I, I had oh, that a, would be awesome I, it was a great show it, a great show one of the things I think to your point about uh, you know when we were talking about young people is how many young women now have to consider where they're going to go to college because if they choose to go to school in a state where they do not have the full access to the wide range of uh, health care they might not want to go to someplace in Mississippi or Louisiana or Texas or you know, all exactly. these yep because uh, look even traveling through there my daughter likes to travel, you know, yes. in this country, sometimes other country. And I'm thinking, you don't know, you know, what if she's expecting pregnant and doesn't know it and God forbid, mm-hmm. you know, winds up in a hospital. I mean, it's just yes. it's things that everybody has to think about now. It's, you know, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. The world we've been thrown into, it's just incredible. That's a great point you bring up. And I know Terry Cosgrove, the f- the former CEO of Personal Pack, has mentioned that before, that if you're driving, let's say, through someplace like Indiana, which I think that their ban on abortion access is, held, is being held up by the, their courts because... Uh, there, you know, a lot of it was basically citing religious reasons and when life begins, and for other religions, that's they don't 
have the same perspective. And for example, in the Jewish religion, the life and safety of the of the of a woman is considered a priority in contrast to a potential life. That the existing life is where the priority is placed. And so it'll be interesting to yeah, see if there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that continues in other parts of the country where that's challenged as well. Yeah, this is crazy. Some of the the other countries that that were, let's say, very Catholic, majority Catholic and stuff, like in South America and stuff, and even like Ireland now, yeah, legal there, but not here. I mean, this is crazy. It's like we're living in the upside down. But, <laughs> but I want to thank you for taking my call. Of and course, like, Saturday show you did everything wonderful. Great job you're doing. Thank have you a, so have much. A great day off. <laughs> thank, thank you. Have a great day. Great evening, Rose. I'll talk to you again soon. Uh, let's take a break here. We're going to catch up on traffic and I will take your calls. I know that uh, Cal's on hold. 773-763-9278 is the number to call to join our conversation. And we would love to see you on our Facebook live stream. Join the audience there to watch and listen to the show in the event that you can't hear us very well on your terrestrial radio. And you can also listen at WCPT820.com. The Heartland Signal, uh, Heartland, HeartlandSignal.com also carries our audio. And, uh, and as, as, uh, as Rose mentioned, you can also go back and listen to our shows. Uh, I know they're on SoundCloud. Google our shows. You'll find the recordings. Put my name, put Joan's name, Hal's. You'll find all the shows available online as well. And text Black Garlic to 773-766 That's Black Garlic for your chance to win a $50 gift card to Gindo's Spice of Life. Man, I love their sauces. Mm, Oh, my God, Lady B. Some chicharrones with the, oh, come on, with the the smoked garlic cilantro. Oh, (laughs) sorry. I'll bring you some chicharrones in a bottle. Uh, I'll I'll get you some of that. I'll I'll hook you up. More after this on WCPT 820. Oh, by the way, also don't forget to text uh, to 773-763-9278. We want to thank our sponsors for the text screen. Camp Kubugani, a child summer of empowerment, challenge, and fun. You can go to multiculturalcamp.com. We're back after this. This is WCPT 820, where you can hear the Stephanie Miller Show every weekday, 8 to 11 a.m., because facts matter. This is WCPT 820. Listen in Chicago on 820 a.m. Or stream us live on WCPT820.com. The TuneIn Radio app. Or tell Alexa or Google to play WCPT. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. I may have spent a little bit more time on on Twitter than I, I should have over the uh, over the holidays, and, but today I found this video of the, and I can't play any of it because she like starts swearing. But some uh, very devoted QAnon woman just loses her mind. I mean, not I guess where you're starting from, but she goes on this rant about how she's been a devoted follower for six years and she's not getting her due from like Steve Bannon and Laura somebody and I don't know all the people that are involved in this madness but uh she said and she starts like reciting all these numbers and she's taking down this transmission and oh 
I mean, and, oh, and Q. She's mad at Q, which I know that Elliot explained this to me. Something about some some like some stories that were spread. These are the people that thought that there was a a pedophile ring in a, a selling babies out of a pizza joint in D.C. or something. And oh yeah, all kinds of. And, and I believe it's the same group that thinks that that liberals are drinking the blood of babies to keep them young. And uh, but they're I mean they're also the people that are buying all in uh, on the the lies of Donald Trump and uh, and and uh, all these people about the elections. And um, anyway, she goes on this huge rant. And I was like, oh, my God, it, it was and I, I shouldn't watch any of these things. But but there are people that are getting sucked into it that that are having a tremendous impact on the rest of us, on our uh, on the way in which elections are run. They are targeting people and making them uh, afraid for their lives. And so. Uh, you know, while it'd be easy to just write them off, they're look, the woman that was in Chicago would stand over the expressway with these big signs, you know, about QAnon, right? And she eventually caught COVID, was uh, trying, they were trying to help her at Resurrection Hospital. And then they spread the story about how she wasn't getting access to the medications that she needed. And people were calling this hospital in my neighborhood and threatening the staff, the nurses, the doctors, because it was a lie that they weren't letting her have horse medication or something. And so that I'm telling you, these people are dangerous. Dangerous, and we dismiss them at our own at our own peril. Let me uh, take. I mean, but at the same time, it's just like ah, it's insane. So, I, I don't know which way to go with it. Hey, Dave and Hoffman Estates, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> talking about the QAnon lady. How do you lose something that you don't have? But uh, yeah, <laughs> the uh, tagging along on uh, Jim's uh, thread with that in '95, and I with that that heat. Um, you recall there also was a perfect storm because the, the humidity, along with that heat, yes. the, the air the air wasn't moving, and and also besides Chicago and that with the people dying and that in Europe they were dropping like flies too because they didn't have the air conditioning even for most of the places because they you know they don't they're not used to getting heat like that over there. If you recall, I believe it was like in Paris or wherever they had. They were getting a lot of people were dying then, too, because it was just, you know, like uh, Europe and the U.S. that we were getting hit with that uh, that heat wave and that. And I don't know, you know, like um, talking about that bitter cold and stuff like that. I remember that the year or so before I went in the the army up back up north where I grew up and uh, it was uh, like 30, 35 below and stuff like that. This is without a wind chill. And like some fools, we went uh, out to a friend's camp. We were at a party and whatnot, and we were driving on snowmobiles out there in 35 below. And, uh, oh, my God, sitting there huddling down by the handlebars to try to catch a little bit of heat from the engine as we're driving and that. And it, just, it just chills you right to the bone. That was, you know, young and stupid, not just old and foolish. No, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't do that. Or, <laughs> And that, but um, I don't know what would be worse is. Um, I think it'd be worse to die from overheating because you figure when you freeze that you just go to sleep. You know, you eventually go to sleep and you you just don't wake up. You know, where when you're hot like that and you're going to dehydrate and whatnot, then it takes you a little bit longer. You know. <laughs> um. 
it's it's interesting. I mean, look, we do, I, I hate to think about uh, that, but you bring up a point as far as how I react to weather. And uh, if we're going to say, would you rather? <laughs> I have I would have to agree with you. I can't stand the heat. I get miserable, and I've had heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Uh, fortunately, I've never had because you can't get cool enough if you are not able to get into air conditioning or cool water, right? There is no yeah, getting, right. right? And again, if you are, if you don't have access to boots and scarves and long john, but I mean, I, I layer, I layer everything on. I mean, when I was, when I was running for office, I mean, like the layers that I had, uh, you know, two pairs of socks, one cotton, one wool, and then I would wear a pair of leggings or my boot tights because they had the socks built in. Uh, you can go to boottights.com. I think we still have a discount there, WCPT 15. I don't know, Jerry, is it still available? Anyway, um, but I I would, I would wear, uh, by the way, if, to your point, though, I also, um, about being in the extreme in your fingers and your hands, I had, uh, I used ice fishing mittens. So they're, they're actually, they're, oh my God, the best. I, I have them in my pockets. I'll, I'll show them to you on the, on the Facebook live stream, but they're ice fishing gloves and mittens. So they're, they have like the fingerless tips, but the part that folds over is incredibly warm and toasty and even the thumb flips open. So you have all of them. They're my favorite ones. Highly recommend. Even mittens are even a little bit better than gloves. Yeah, because all your fingers can be together. Yep. Yes. 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 And then, um, um, you might ask the uh, next time your sponsor when you're on the the mechanic. Yes. I had read or heard some one time, and uh, see if it's true, where they claim that hot weather is actually worse for a car's battery than the cold. Hmm. Uh, in the winter time, we see most people you know got to get jumps, but uh, read one time I can't remember where, but. Uh, were said that the hot weather actually is more bad and hard on batteries. Well, especially... I would think the air conditioning too, because you I, look. I'm not even gonna. I could. I could say maybe because of how much freon you have to use and the you right, the 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 energy that it draws from your car. Air conditioning is probably worse, but I can't say for sure. I do know that it was today that I learned that it isn't necessary, nor is it good for your car to to warm it up. Like cars at, built after 1980 don't need to be warmed up anymore. I didn't know that. Did you? No, I think you're, you're right. Somebody had some kind of trending thing that said something about that too. But um, yeah, I didn't. I never realized that. that uh, if you don't warm it up, it ain't no good for you <laughs> in the car. You're <laughs> like a popsicle for a while, you know. So, yeah. Oh, I. Stick, stick. I, I think he, I think heated seats are like the, those that I love heated seats. My husband says it makes him feel like he has malaria. He can't stand the heated seats. He's like, why? Why am I? I'm, I'm sweating from underneath me. What is happening? And so you get the answer real quick. Uh, and then Lady B and I also with that heat, we were talking about that time that in 95 they were showing on the news where they cooked an egg on the sidewalk that time, you know, and uh, it was so hot yeah. and that and on uh, where they've been, uh, another one of these power stations had gotten, you know, uh, knocked out a little bit there. Um, uh, one thing I think I would be more worried is uh, start making sure that they got guards or something around the water uh, water refineries and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. yeah. We need water. You know, we can make do somehow without, you know, power, but uh, not without water. No. No. Anywho. Anyway, I didn't want to leave you on that good note, but you know, so I, I you know what I'm you know what I'm actually go- I'm actually googling right now. Would you rather would you rather freeze to death or be 
I just want to see what other people think. Uh, what is it? What a very dark thing for for us to be pondering. But I'm with you on that. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah I, I w- I'm not going to leave you laying on the side of the road. You know, I mean, they they even pick up the old groundhogs and stuff that are dead. Oh stuff. boy! Wow! <laughs> Got even darker there. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, let me All get right. off before it goes. We'll, we'll go Stay to a commercial. Stay we'll warm. To, well, you too. We'll go to a commercial on that note. Let's take a All break right. here and uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Good night. <laughs> Have a good one. Stay warm for sure. Uh, we'll take a break here. 773-763-9278 is the number to call and join our conversation. We'll have Scott Stantis joining us after 6 o'clock, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. Uh, more after this on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Uh, while we were t- while we were talking to Rose a little while ago, who uh, called in to talk about both the uh, this show that I did when I was filling in for Edwin Eisendrath uh, with my son Griffin and with uh, our chief geek officer to my show, Elliot Serrano, who will be filling in for me tomorrow. Elliot will be filling in tomorrow from 5 to 7. He'll be driving it home with you. Uh, Rose and I were talking about, I had mentioned, uh, because I was a Girl Scout for six years, uh, I, I try to be prepared in several, in many situations, and I love starting a campfire. I just, I can't stay away from campfires. It's my favorite thing. Fire pits, I'm all in. Um... But we mentioned she mentioned a film on Netflix uh, starring Alice and Janie called Lou. Now, it's not as a movie about Girl Scouts, so I don't want to mislead folks. Uh, Alice and Janie, uh, let's just say she plays a woman with a very specific skills. And whenever she demonstrates that, whether it's uh, fighting or uh, basically MacGyvering something, she says it was because she was a Girl Scout. And uh, it's a, I think it's a fun little action movie. And uh, I would put that if, if you want something to, to take your mind off of things, that's uh, not a bad way to go. Here's the uh, synopsis, the log lines on uh, Netflix. It says, a young girl is kidnapped during a powerful storm. Her mother joins forces with her mysterious neighbor to set off in pursuit of the kidnapper. Their journey will test their limits and expose the dark secrets of the past. So that's uh, Lou on Netflix, starring Allison Janney at Logan, uh, was it Logan Marshall Green. And, oh, and um, I love Journey Smollett. Uh, I think that she's really delightful. Uh, I, actually, I love the character she played years ago on Friday Night Lights. So she's, uh, she's quite good. Anyway, I enjoyed that uh, action movie. And uh, by the way, so join our conversation on uh, on Facebook Live, our live stream. Hi, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. And don't forget the text Black Garlic 2773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card to... Gindo's Spice of Life. Go to gindos.com to see all the great sauces. Oh, they're so good. There was something I haven't brought up that I saw a few days ago. Again, I, I've been uh, oh, scrolling a little bit more than usual on Twitter. Um, just because when I'm like, I, I have in the past written uh, essays and pieces about what's going on or shared videos about what's happening and updating folks uh, on my family in particular, uh, Declan's recovery. Uh, he uh, spontaneously lost the ability to walk in May. And, uh, and I was able to do more updates when we were at 
Shirley Ryan. I found the energy and the time to do those updates at Shirley Ryan and while we were at Lurie's. And I realized that part of the reason it's harder for me now is, as Rose mentioned, there's a lot going on. Uh, My hands are full. We're spinning a lot of plates in the air. And we don't have the 24-7 care that we had at Shirley Ryan when it came to taking care of feeding him, of uh, changing him, his toiletry needs, bathing him, um, keeping the room clean. Uh, just the the uh, the convenience of all that, the care of all that, and so the the long road to recovery has been exhausting, and uh, and, it's, and believe me, uh, my husband carries the the bulk of that weight. And thank you, honey, I love you so much. Uh, I, I remember one time when it was particularly hard when the boys were little, and we still didn't know what was going on with Declan. We still don't know. We don't have a lot of uh, answers, but um, you kind of settle into the rhythm of what things are going to be, and and uh, you know. I, there were times when I just didn't know if I could do this, if I could be this mom. But people always ask, like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, you don't have you you have a choice to do or not do. That's it. Um, and look, Lady B, there are people who can't. There are people who abandon their children. There are people who give up. There are people who hurt themselves or others. And so, you know, when people say God only gives, it's a really hard phrase for me because it's such a cliche, not just a cliche, but it's a sort of dismissive of, of how hard this really is. And, and as though a God believes that we have some sort of superpowers and that we should be challenged in this way. And I, I just don't buy that. I don't I don't buy that because uh, if you watch Tignataro, she has this thing about because she nearly died from a horrible infection and then her mother died from a freak accident and then her 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 girlfriend left her. like all these things kept happening to her and someone had said to her after all that like well you know god only gives you what you can handle you know never gives you more than you can handle and she's like you know even the angels had to be like come on god that's enough come on that, that's, that's really more i just i don't see god doling you know rewards and punishments out like this or uh challenges like that i i am uh my Griff, my son griffin who um was on the show on, on saturday and, and and understands a lot of uh theology and religion and history uh we were we've talked about this before that i'm more of a um we're god just uh is letting us find our way we have all the tools that are at our disposal we have uh, our own uh autonomy our own logic our own reason uh independence uh and we obviously we have to make we have to make rules in order to function with each other and some of that is based on what some religions also consider to be uh what how we should treat each other um but uh i it, uh, it's a lot. It's it's been very hard. And so when I'm on Facebook, I, I feel like oh, I should update people and let them know. I'm like I don't know. I, I there were so many kind things that people have said, and uh, it, that can also be overwhelming to know that people are and I are invested in our children's well being in my family, and I appreciate that. Uh, so I, I did do a video uh, on Friday on the 23rd. So if you want to go to my personal Facebook page, you can see I did a little bit of an update. Uh, not too much. Just uh, I'll try to figure out a way to share more. But um, I remember one time I, w- I was getting to this point. My uh, husband, when the boys were really little, maybe around two or three, and, and just sometimes I j- was so terrified and felt like I was looking into this abyss of uh, how were we going to do this, whether it was emotionally and financially and physically, of raising a child who had has significant uh, f- challenges intellectually and physically. And uh, I remember I was sitting on the floor and was completely wiped out. And my husband um, just knelt down next to me and wrapped his arms around me and said, uh, you make me want to be a better man every day. And um, 
and and he does the same for me. He makes me want to, and my kids make me want to be a better mom every single day and a better wife and a better human. And that's why I show up is I have his support. Uh, my husband is uh, just absolutely incredible. I don't know how he does it. Uh, if you ask to see, people say, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> my husband, I feel the same way. He really is patient and kind and generous. My mother is also a, a, a rock. Uh, we could not have made it through the last uh, 18 years without her. So... Um, just wanted to uh, say that. Uh, but with all of that in mind, I don't know why. This doesn't really lend itself to the thing I was going to say next. It's that I, I, stroll, I scroll more on Twitter these days because it's faster. I'm not as invested. I'm like, oh, that looks crazy. Oh, that's good. That's funny. That makes me angry. And one of the things that a lot of conservatives, a lot of these forced birthers have locked into is a story out of Birmingham, uh, in uh, it, Britain, out of uh, England, Um so they have in, in England, they have these exclusion zones, you know, in, in the United States, you know, where they have protesters uh, outside of clinics where uh, services, health care services for women are provided. They're usually I don't know what the amount of space is designated where you have to stay outside of that area, but they are not allowed to be within that area if they're there to express their disdain or to protest. So a woman, uh, a woman was, was, has been charged with breach, breaching an exclusion zone outside of a Birmingham abortion clinic. And there is footage of these police officers approaching her, talking to her. They're like, what are you doing? And apparently she said she was praying uh, in her head. And so what, so what all the right wingers and forced birthers have latched onto is that she was arrested for praying in her head. That is not what she's being charged with. She is being charged with intimidation by being inside the exclusion zone outside of a Birmingham abortion clinic. But they, and it's the same thing with this other thing that they're all latching onto about Democrat, Democrats who run cities like Chicago and Detroit or New York or Philadelphia that we have higher crime because our cities are run by Democrats. And, and they combine, they compare it to like war zones and they exclude all the other information that's in that story. And it's about, communities, black and brown communities that have been choked off from resources. And it even says at the end of the study that we need to invest in mental health and health overall in those communities in order to go to the roots of where a lot of this comes from. And on top of that, what they don't include is the access to illegal guns coming across our state lines. Just saying. (sighs) Rant over. I've been getting really, I I should not, maybe, maybe Twitter's not a good place for me to be, Lady B. (laughs) Maybe I should stay, but I saw like, including that guy I told you about, Mark Paoletta, the guy who put Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court and Comey Island and Kavanaugh and Gorsuch has gotten everything he's wanted for uh, restricting women's autonomy, shared that story in order to, again, to stir the pot with people. It is, the lies, the misinformation that they put out there, it's astounding. I'm flabbergasted, and but not surprised. Is that the same thing? Are flabbergasted and surprised? Yeah, probably. Mm, it makes me angry. Uh, let me take a break here. Uh, don't forget to text Black, uh, black Garlic to 773-763-9278 uh, for your chance to win a $50 gift card to Gindo's Spice of Life. And uh, let's take a break here. We're going to check in with my friend Scott Stantis when we come back after this on Driving It Home With Me, Patty Vasquez. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basquez on WCPT 820. And I am uh, happy to welcome to the show Scott Santos, political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. Hey, Scott, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. How are you? I'm okay. I'm. Uh, I, I. I just told the audience I'm gonna. I'm taking tomorrow off from the radio show. I'm taking a mental health day. I hit a wall. Oh, nice. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I just. I'm sorry. tired. I'm, no, it's okay. I'm tired. I was just uh, catching people up a little bit on uh, on Declan. Um, you know, he's uh, still struggling with uh, trying yeah. to walk again, and hopefully, we're trying. They're going to start a new treatment in January. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that maybe we'll start moving back in the direction of him being feel, feeling more independent. Oh, you know, I will say this. And it's hard to explain, but before he lost the ability to walk, Declan just, he loved to walk. He would explore the world. It's how he took in information was walking. And we would do miles uh, during the pandemic. We were up to like three and a half miles of walking in the community. Uh, And so so, uh, when he came home from the hospital in August and not able to walk much, he pretty much was isolated. Like he would, he would have one seat in the front window and he would have his tablet and he's been kind of there or in bed for a long time. And then, uh, and then we we were able to finally get him back to the basement to enjoy. The, we have a therapy room down there, and in the last week or so, he's been he's been initiating wanting to go and, and like walk. So he's moving more in our house, which is really a good sign for us, and we're really hopeful um, because I think it's it's not just that he can't walk. I think he's also battling a little sorrow of you know, not, and we he can't tell us that because he doesn't speak, sure. and we don't have a way for him to express that. But I think that's been holding him up too. Um, so I but. But uh, I was explaining to the audience how much of this is, is really falling to Steve because uh, he, you know, I'm working and balancing a lot of balls. Uh, I don't know. That's not right. Spinning plates. Let's go with spinning plates. That just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. But uh, but uh, I don't think folks know the running joke that you had. And a lot of people had that they didn't believe that Steve actually existed uh, because it, he, he, I was out doing all these things and, you know, working and performing and hanging out with you until four in the morning at uh, Mother. Hubbard's. Um, Yes. yes. Uh, So somebody, have I ever told you the story about how Steve and I met? I don't think so. Never? Because you didn't believe no, he existed. because so. he doesn't really exist. So I guess you <laughs> took your while to come up with it. <laughs> right? I, I, right. It's taken me in our friendship of over eight years. Uh, no. I still have never met him. Is that, that's not true. Is that it's true? absolutely true. Get out of here. You I were, met Griffin and that's it. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. And you were here. And your mother. And your mother. Your mother sneered at me. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, just briefly, because somebody just texted in and asked how I met Steve. When I was in college, I was studying history, and I was uh, working at, uh, with a professor on several di- different projects. And one of his, the TAs that worked with him, uh, Henry Camerling, asked me out, and I, I said no, absolutely not. And uh, but I thought I, I just I thought there's somebody else that I think you would be great with, which was my roommate, my best friend Kathy Smith. So I introduced them. They fell in love. And his Henry's best friend started traveling to Champagne to hang out with all of us, and that was Steve, and that's how I met my husband Steve. And at my friend Henry and Kathy's wedding, uh, Steve was a best man. I was a reader because when you're a comedian and a public speaker, they're like, "Well, she likes to read stuff out loud, so make her read something." <laughs> yes, and uh, nothing's funnier than Corinthians. Uh, actually, it was a Pablo Neruda, uh, Neruda poem, which was kind of the, oh. it's the one with orgasm and exploding flowers imagery. Yeah, I had to read that. Um, so that was kind of funny for me. But at their <laughs> wedding. Uh, that's on brand. It is. It was kind of. I was like, oh, all right, that's me. Um, at their wedding, Steve and I, and we, there were a group of us that were kind of like, you know, chumming around and having fun. And uh, and afterwards, I thought, well, I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to call that guy and, and ask him out. Uh, so I asked Steve out in the days after my friend's wedding. 
So that's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I, I you was, guys have been together a long time. I mean, since, how long has it been now? I've been told since 1995. <laughs> You've been told? <laughs> <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were on the air. I was on that the air. The other, so, yes. You're right. so on brand. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's nothing more patty than what you people just heard. Yes. I was on the air. I'm like, I don't know, something like 94, 95. And Steve like texted right away. He was he was like 1995 exclamation point, exclamation point. And then a listener called in to, to talk about the uh, heat wave in 1995. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's when Steve and I were. See, it was a heat wave. Things got hot. See, that was corny. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, that's how. Uh, let me see. I, I think I'm getting an update. Oh, I got I got a heart emoji and smooches for my. Oh, sorry. I don't know if that was for air, but that's uh, for my husband. How did you and Janine meet? How long have you been together? Oh gosh. Well, we just celebrated our 41st wedding anniversary. So Congratulations. Long time ago. Yeah, it was back in the. Actually, wow. Yeah, Jimmy Cotta was president. Um, <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden I'm old timey guy. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, we met. We met in college. Actually, I, we met on the college paper. It was a small college in Southern California and uh, Harbor College. And um, you know, we were best. We were besties long before we ever started dating. Uh, I was actually her. She was edi- uh, executive editor of the, or editor in chief of the paper, and I was her editorial page editor. Oh, so. she was your boss. She was, as, as, as she is today. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. She was, uh, and she was a far better editor than I ever was. But uh, yeah. And how so did she rate? Met. How does she rate compared to editors you've had since then? She's oh is she God. listening to the show? No, okay. I don't think so. But uh, still, oh no, God, are you kidding me? Shoot, are you kidding me? I mean, it's just like way better than ever. I mean, it's like than any I've ever had because most wow. editors are, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Tyrants, uh, crazy. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's that's the best word I'd come up with. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because look at what's happening to the newspaper business. Because yeah. none of them take responsibility for what's happened to it. Because it couldn't possibly be their fault, just because they were, you know, in charge. Mm. You yeah, know, it's sort of like being the captain of the Titanic. You can't blame me. It's that the, the, the damn iceberg. Well, and you were also there when Zell took over the Tribune, which was just a disaster of epic proportions, wasn't it? It was kind of, except I, you know, people, other people who worked at the paper thought so, but uh, it was his people who hired me. Back oh, in, um, yeah. So I, I don't have I was, as saying, feelings about that. <laughs> I see what you're saying, uh, but but breaking it up and and I mean they left he left it in tatters though. I mean he no, might have that was that was not him. That was the next group that came in. It was. Uh, Ligori was his name, Peter Ligori. Right. A, a lip, he, the kind of guy, skinny guy, uh, who grabs his bottom lip when he talks. Ooh. You know that guy? Mm. The weird guy? And he talked to the newsroom, and that. Oh, Patty, please have the uh, block button ready. Cause oh, here I got, I got it. What do you say? You ready? No, I just. Uh, he stood in the newsroom and said, We value all of you, and look at the, you know, combine all these things. What a powerful, powerful. Media company, this is, and that son of a gun, I swear, within, what was it, 10 days, broke up the company. He left the newspaper with no real property. Um, even the printing presses, you know, the ones that are out, there on the, uh, out there on the river at the Freedom Center, do not belong to the newspaper. They're owned by the company that, because they had value. The only thing he gave to the newspaper part that he broke off was the names of the newspaper. Oh, wait, and um, all the debt. Well, here, okay, so... Peter Ligori. Peter Ligori, if you're listening to this, you can go to hell. Oh, that's fine. 
Here, more than a decade after Tribune Company went private in a leveraged buyout that saddled the company with $13 billion in debt and led to its bankruptcy, Sam Zell and dozens of former executives have agreed to pay $200 million to settle a lawsuit brought, bought by, brought by un, unsecured creditors. So I, I would say that prior to – I mean – I think that it, it seems like it was a, a tragedy of all kinds of errors oh, and mismanagement. And it was, un, it was an unleveraged buyout. It was debt. It was bought with, as it said, 13. And then they turned – do you remember? They turned around and bought the uh, Los Angeles Times right. for $2 billion. That's with a B, folks. Yeah. It was – two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is bankrupt culture, but this was a lot of what like these hedge fund people and, you know, buying up these big and under the guise that we can make more if we sell a bunch of it, chunks of it off, too. Yeah. yeah. And now, so like I said, now it's just the newspapers. They, um, the recent iteration, the new owners, um, you know, meet the, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, um, is Alden Capital. And, you know, same thing. You know, they just took out a $100 million loan um, and somehow someone gave it to them. Yeah. 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 It's a mess. Well, it was, I guess who it was. It was Deutsche Bank. The same people yes. who loaned to, can you say it with me, kids? Trump. Donald Trump. Hey, yep. by the way, just yes. real quick, I got this thing for Christmas and I'm going to share it with your audience if I may. Please. It's a screaming goat. You know the screaming goats? You've heard of them, of course. <laughs> yeah. So now every time we say Donald Trump, you're going to hear, <laughs> if that's okay. That's that is what it sounds like in my head. I, I know, same here. <laughs> I didn't know that there. I didn't know there were screaming goats in my like my internal voice is a screaming goat. <laughs> it is. That's it's so yes. the night that Donald Trump was <laughs> was uh, was was elected, I was actually in a, in a private place in Chicago. It was a club, the uh, Union League Club, and they had to. They actually had to tell me to be quiet because I was screaming at the TV. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, you know when they announce this, you know Pennsylvania is gone for Trump, and I yeah. just literally went. <laughs> yep, that was nuts. You know, yeah. you know, I've been. I, I was telling the audience that I have been scrolling a little more on Twitter than I usually have uh, in the past. And Why, I right? No, I, I, I. It's really affecting me negatively. I can I can attest to that. Uh, but I, I came across some of these QAnon people. I guess I just. You know, I'll, I'll get like maybe smatterings and I, I just move on. But I, I got stuck on this video of this woman going on a tirade about why she was leaving basically the QAnon army and Steve Bannon hadn't, you know, given her her due and uh, all that. Like it was just insane. And I, and, and it would be something that we could laugh off, except that they are having such a tremendous impact on our political system that it's impossible to just write them off as nutters, right? Right. Well, right. I mean, you, you know, I'm OK. I'm, I'm sure you're not audience already knows this if they know my work from the Chicago Tribune. But I'm I consider myself a conservative, although Patty's trying to out me. Um, <laughs> but I, I have been and I've worked in Republican politics for many, many did for many years before I went into editorial cartooning. And what's happened to the Republican Party, what's happened to conservatives, I'm doing air quotes, which are always effective on, you know, radio. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, what's happened to that movement in the QAnon, I mean, there are people here uh, and, and conservatives I have talked to who subscribe to things like, and I'm not making this up. Uh, I've never lied to my friend Patty. And I, I'll, I probably never will. But I'm not lying now. They Things like uh, COVID was caused by, are you ready for this? I hope you're sitting down. I am. Um, Wait, let me stand up so uh, I can sit down again. Hold on. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, you ready? Okay. Yes. Cobra venom 
which was put into the water supply, which changed people's DNA, and that's the genesis of the COVID pandemic. No. Yeah. No, that's not what's happening. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. I mean, it's just, it's one of those crazy, and I actually was told this by a, a, a friend of mine's husband who is like, you know, all in on this stuff. And I'm just like going... I start laughing because how could you not, Patty? I mean, really, you know, you just have to go, that's great. Oh my God. And he's like, you know, sitting there staring at you, not blinking like Hannibal Lecter, you know, and you're going, oh, poop. This guy is serious. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah, when you think that the, when I say they've lost their minds, I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) They, the people in the party and the thought and the political thought that i subscribed to for years no is no longer applicable it no longer exists and this has taken its place so um so don't drink tap water is really because uh, <laughs> uh, of the cobra venom. i guess okay yeah, well yeah wow. change your dna yeah wow that is I, i've been thinking a lot about this because you know very like, i used to travel a lot and and i can think of instances along my journeys where I would be in, you know, in a bar of all places because comedy clubs tend to have like a, a bar right outside the showroom and things like that. But I was in New Jersey huh. in Atlantic City where I'm sure you're going to find very sane people. Uh, <laughs> but I, like, it's just one of the ones that pop out, pops out for me uh, was this guy sitting at the bar that we should be paying attention to what goes on in Colorado. You know, it was, it was I think it was after this shooting in Aurora at the movie theater and he was he had all these theories about uh you know basically like these extreme militants and that they were going to be like all the power was going to come from uh Colorado and be prepared and, and like it's coming and all that like and but he was an example of of guys that I would run into along the way who would sound like that about various things about what the government was doing or wait for us we're coming and but the thing is is like I, I always thought they were kind of crazy but in the congregate they they all ended up at the Capitol on January sixth you yeah. know like yeah it, 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 and and to still have people say that it's all lies that you know and now this video have you seen this video of Trump saying that uh, that that Twitter deleted a video where he was encouraging people not to be violent and it's been suppressed and you're like all right where's your copy of it like i keep a copy of everything why would you keep your own copy if that was true yeah yeah no that's it's a a lie and you can i mean and that's the other thing it's just clinging to these lies that and i mean we all have our own narrative right in in some way or in, in one level or another but i mean this is just to a pathological extreme and it yes i don't understand how you can i mean you have a congressman coming in from New York who lied, flat out lied about everything that he stood for, every single thing. Uh, I don't yep. have his name in front of me. I just Santos. about him. Santos and yes, uh, yeah. And uh, he said, "No, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to be sworn in." And every single member of the leadership of the Republican leadership in the House has not said a word, Patty. A yeah. word. No, I'm sorry. In a, in, in a different world, in a different era, he wouldn't have even been allowed to take a seat. They would have said, no, you know, uh, boy, you know, this just makes the party look bad. We can't have this happen. No, they're just like, you know, tumbleweeds. And uh, you've got a decade of this now. And this is what the Republican Party today stands for. And it makes me sick. I, I, I wish I could say otherwise, but it just 
here, <sighs> here, I'll say here. There is there is one uh, Republican that has. They're, they're not saying that. Uh, here, George Santos lied about his resume, and the left is demanding he resign. Ilhan Omar says she didn't marry her brother. She lied. Elizabeth Warren said she was Native American. She lied. The left said George Floyd didn't die of a drug overdose. They lied. All and it goes on and on. It's it's Marjorie Trader Green. So there has been they are quiet. They're like and they're like so what? And then they do all the lies. And then they do the more of the lying, McLying lying. It's insane. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I have to believe in truth, and I have to believe in you know. And then you move from forward, and that's what allows you to solve problems. Yeah, I mean that's how this works. Well, I, I've got to take a break here because I we went over a little bit. We have a, a listener who wants to join our conversation in just a moment. We are on the air with Scott Stantis, the cartoonist, political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. And where else can folks go to find your wonderful work? Oh golly, go to gocomics.com/slash/pricklycity. You can see my comic strip. Strangely enough, called Prickly City, um, and so yeah, do that. Would you, would you? And also my podcast with my very good friend Ted Rawl, who's also a progressive, uh, called DMZ America. Go Comics. Oh, I have to go, go Comics. Okay, I'm gonna go find it right now because I keep every time okay. I talk to you, I'm gonna have to go find that, and then I here it is, and they can subscribe to. Here we go. Uh, awesome. Thank you for that. Let's take a break here. We'll come back and continue our conversation with Scott on Driving at Home with Me, Patty Vasquez, WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. And we are driving it home with political cartoonist and my good friend, Scott Stantis. We were talking a little bit earlier, and I think uh, about the Chicago Tribune and Sam Zell. I don't know if this is what uh, Dave is calling about from San Francisco. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind, my friend? Well, uh, happy uh, New Year and stuff like that, Patty. Happy uh, New Year. And, uh, yeah, and Scott. Um, yeah, I heard hey. you talking about uh, uh, the uh, corporate takeover of the Trib and the L.A. Times. I I don't, uh, you know, since you're a radio host, you're probably deluged with uh, authors that are trying to get uh, airtime. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but David Stockman is trying to uh, hawk his new book. And he's the guy that basically tripped America into outsourcing the jobs. And uh, he was uh, involved uh, along with Wilbur Ross. Uh, you remember the Commerce Secretary under uh, Donald Trump, Wilbur Ross. Uh, they were the ones that really taught uh, America or taught corporate America how to do those corporate buyouts. Uh, carving up companies and, you know, outsourcing the jobs and then uh, whittling whittling everything down to nothing. So, um, yeah, if you get any offers from David Sacklin, uh, turn them down and turn them down forcefully (laughs) unless you want to have a real fun time with that, Jerk. What's the name of his book? It's Not My Fault? (laughs) (laughs) Well, believe it or not, I think he's actually, you know, you know how Michael Flynn is on a tear now with the religious right and he's on stage pretending to be a a self-righteous Christian. And I think David Stockman is kind of pulling the same uh, gamut. Uh, he's uh, he's trying to portray himself as he's always been right and, uh, and they should have listened to me long ago sort of thing. Oh, and along well, those actually, lines, uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to remind oh, the listeners that David Stockman was the uh, budget director for Ronald Reagan and actually said, had the temerity to say these numbers don't add up, saying that we we're going to head into like incredibly high deficits. And he was brought to the woodshed by the president and uh, told to shut up. If uh, And uh, you know what? He did. Well, you know, he also had a famous quote, and it was in between the 80 election and inauguration day, and he was caught saying, we will use the budget as an excuse to make major policy decisions. So he knew, uh, even back then, that the numbers weren't going to add up, but that they were going to use it as an excuse to do budget cuts everywhere, you know, the social safety net uh, and, uh, you know, the EPA and any kind of normal uh, functions of government were going to be ripped apart by their uh, budgets. So he knew before Election Day what was going on, and I'm not sure if he used your quote as an excuse to jump ship, because that was fairly early. I think that was in the first year. But, uh, yeah, if you look up Wilbur Ross and also David Stockman, they, I think, if I remember right, David Stockman goes up to Detroit, and he created a company that uh, cornered the market on all of the automaker interiors. And uh, and that was a big deal. General Motors did not work with the same company that Ford did, and you know Chrysler didn't work. With and and for David Stockman to have cornered the market on auto interiors, and then he outsourced all the jobs to China. And so uh, yeah, he he has a lot of personal responsibility for uh, where we are today. And when you think about it. Uh, it's funny, I call up a lot of shows, and I've gotten on a lot of shows regarding China, you know, whether they're NPR shows or right-wing shows or whatever. And almost to a show, I've asked them, is China communist? And uh, and then I raise the idea of sweatshops, that communism started because of sweatshops. They hated the idea of sweatshops and getting, you know, honest days pay for an honest day's work. And for China to become a rental company for the sweatshops of the world, there's no way in the world that China's communist. And it hasn't been since David Stockman started, you know, running the show. So it, uh, yeah, just kind of those, those themes. Thanks. So I, I've got to run to traffic, Dave. I would love to continue the conversation, but I've got to run and uh, I've got Scott on. Uh, <laughs> we've only got a certain amount of time. Thank you so much for your thoughts, Dave. Have a great evening. Thanks, and Happy New Year. Woohoo! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Let's take a break here. I've got... <laughs> the goats in my head—that's <laughs> awesome. Hey, Scott, I just—I know that you said you were uh, watching the live stream with uh, our friends uh, on the Facebook Live for WCPT, yes. but I just sent you an invite to a Zoom so that we could you, you could have it on the real oh, time because cool. I know there's okay, a delay. Let's... So let's see if that works. <laughs> take a break okay. here, and I'll do traffic uh, more after this on WCPT eight twenty. Don't forget to text Black Garlic two seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight for your chance to win a gift card, a fifty dollar gift card from Gindo's Spice of life more in a moment listen to the tom hartman radio program every weekday from 11 to 2 right here on wcpt 820 where facts matter wcpt 820 chicago's progressive talk where facts matter you're listening to driving it home with patty basket on wcpt 820 
We are driving it home, and Scott Stances joins us on the air. Hey, Scott, is that is my mouth matching the video now? <laughs> yes, hold on. Where are you, though? I can't hear you, though, on the air. Oh, oh there how's we go. that? That's, yeah. Okay. So. There we go. We're all caught up now. Perfect. Good. See, so yeah, we can look. This works out perfectly. It's like having you here. I can look into your your. Uh, have you ever gone on uh, like any of these shows where there's a Twitter account called Room Raider and they'll they'll oh, critique God, no. a whole room behind you? Renato Mariotti has been hitting ten ten out of tens for a while, but you have a great setup. I think they would be very impressed with your collection, including this is yeah, it's real. This is all my junk right it's, here. It's, it looks cool. I like your rocket. <laughs> <laughs> It's, he actually. It's, well, thank it's, you. You're welcome. Which which uh, is that? It's it's is that the Apollo Saturn something? 5B, oh sure, Saturn Five B, which is Saturn, which is the um, the Saturn Five, which is probably the greatest thing um, humans have ever built. Uh, to my mind, it's one of the most beautiful. It is. Think about this for a moment, Patty, if you will. <laughs> it's, I'm thinking about it. It is at literally the same height and roughly the same weight as the Tribune Tower. Really? Come on. Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. So think about it. And it left the earth. Before or after the newsroom left? <laughs> Before Sam Zell was there. There you go. Uh, we've got a couple calls. Now, Cal is calling back. Let me see. Cal was calling about music earlier, so I'm not sure. Uh, Cal. Okay. He's calling you about music? Yeah. I, it, hi, Cal. What's on your mind, my friend? Um, yeah, well, uh, how come we're not hearing any music tonight? Do you mean... I'm not sure which music you're talking about. It's a, like the song. Which one? It's like because uh, I had a musician on yesterday. Do you mean like uh, Vote Blue or Pandemic uh, Vacation? Which one do you like? Uh, I don't even know. Okay. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for calling, Cal. Now is is this is this are, are those songs by Goody? I'm sorry. I'm I'm not tracking. By Steve Goody? I've got a lot of music by Steve Goody. By Goody? Yes, Steve Goody. Yes. Yes. I played one earlier. Uh, How do you spell his name? Sure. Goody. G-O-O-D-I-E. Good. Good. That's D-I-E. Yeah. D-I-E. Die. Yes. (laughs) Goody with a die. last night's go around. (laughs) Thanks, Cal. (laughs) Yeah. That, that's about all I have to throw in. I was on 45 minutes waiting to uh, say something to the previous call, and, uh, and and never got put on the air after 45 minutes. It happens sometimes. I left, yeah. I was left talking, uh, listening to the broadcast into years, uh, about 15 minutes. And uh, I don't know who was in charge. Well, <laughs> so it, as, as you know, sometimes it, it, it turns out that way. I, I had meant to get to you in the first half hour, and then you dropped out. So I'm glad that we got you on now. Have a great evening, Cal. Be well. Uh, now, this is for you. Uh, Steve from the from Chicago is calling. Uh, I'm, I, I hope it goes kindly. Steve, what's on your mind? <laughs> How, how, when have I ever not been kind? I, I, I don't know about me, but it looks like you might have something to share with Scott. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, a, boy, I'm okay. such a big fan. I'm, I'm such a big fan of Scott's work, um, oh. which is why I'm so disappointed to find out that you helped to get Republicans elected. Well, uh, because I've been, well, let me finish, because I've been yeah. saying for the last six years, yeah. when people, especially Republicans, complain about Trump, I point out Trump is not the cause. He is the symptom. 
Trump is the direct result of 60 years of Republican policy. They continue, you know, 60 years ago, they had the chance to go after a wide selection of people. And instead, they said, okay, who can we eliminate? Who can we push out? Who can we marginalize in favor of wealthy white men? White Christian. Let's be specific. Well, Christians with a, with a quotation mark. And, and I agree. And, yeah. Trump, and Trump capitalized on it. And that is how he got elected, because he didn't come in and say, I want to help all Americans. He said, no. Oh, no. On the contrary. You're absolutely right. And let's point fingers. And, and the Republicans left on it. Let me um, let me tell a quick story. I've told this before on Patty's show. And Steve, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but maybe some people haven't heard it. 1978, met one of my very best friends at the, a Republican rally in Southern California. And all the Republicans mm-hmm. running for all the gubernatorial candidates who were giving their speeches. And you have to remember, this are, you know, California, fairly moderate, you know, big tent kind of Republicans. The yeah. last guy speaking, and they went by poll numbers. And the last guy, he was polling at like 1%, 2%. And he, State senator, very uh, Christian conservative, and he's just up there like it's an old time religion tent revival. And my friend and I were just like dissing on this guy, saying, This guy's a kook. This guy's a nut. This is crazy. Why is he even up there? His campaign manager happened to be standing right next to us and said, You laugh now, but we're going to take over this party, you know, county by county, you know, group by group, state by state, and the, the, the bastards did it. And oh, yeah. I, I am shocked. And Here's the campaigns I worked start, on. Just it to be didn't clear, start in '78. It started under Nixon. It started in the I, well. I think when, you when could Nixon, go back to when Nixon and his people said, "Oh, all those all those racists are going to leave the Democratic Party because they're embracing civil rights. Let's bring them into the Republican Party." Yeah, the and Southern then, strategy of '68, and the yeah, backlash right. against yeah. feminism and abortion. Yep. No, no, no. no, no I, okay, Patty, Patty, let me jump in real quick and just say, read the 1976 Republican Party platform. They they endorsed ERA. They endorsed the right to abortion. It but will who, blow but who, your mind. But who pushed back on that? And and to your point about the uh, the guy under the big tent, the manager who said we're going to take this town by town, county by county. Phyllis Schlafly writing this little newsletter, uh, co-opting the language of Christianity and and bringing yep. in all these groups that were racist that were anti-feminism she would scott she single-handedly stopped the era passage the vote here in illinois that was where everything started to fall apart and and i will say to to uh steve's point you and i have argued about abortion and you know it, it was if, if there was one like if somebody loved guns they were republican if someone was against abortion they were republican and so all of a sudden you might not want to say you're racist and these were the the bargains that Republicans made were like, fine, we know that they're racist, but they're on our side. And this, and it culminates in the kind of language that was used during Herschel Walker's campaign, that he had, that he had paid for abortions, had sought them out, wanted them. And, and Republicans were like, well, we don't care about that as long as he votes the way we like on other things. I mean, like, it, it was co-opting all of those, those but passions. I would argue, but I would come back and say on the Democratic side, now, okay, where, where are the, and there are a number of them who were uh, pro-life uh, Democrats, they're gone. Who are those who are pro-gun Democrats? They're gone. Um, I think there's no. I think know, there's still some pro-gun. I think that there are not pro. Uh, I think pro-gun is is a misnomer. I think that pro pe- Second Democrats, Amendment? Democrats. Yes, I think that a lot of Democrats are pro pro Second Amendment. Steve, wouldn't you say? But it doesn't mean it's without regulation. Oh, certainly. Because yeah. again, you, you talk to how many? It's ninety over ninety percent of people say no. I want common sense gun laws. I don't want to take away everybody's right. gun. I don't want to take away every gun. 
Yep. But the pushback from the from the Republican Party is no, we can't have any laws. Every single person should have access to any kind of right. weapon that they want. Yeah. And if you know a hundred kids have to die every month, well, that's just the price we're going to pay. Yeah, it's and, the price of freedom. And I think yeah. that there are. No, I think nuts. that there. I think that there are pro-life Democrats who, because of the way we uh, we elect Democrats, like Madigan. I don't know that Madigan was pro was pro-choice necessarily. I think that he voted. He I, was pro-Madigan. Correct. So and 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 for that, Democrats, you know, and that's to the litmus test problem that we all have, uh, you know, single issue voting. But I mean, for me, yeah, I will I will not vote for anybody who wants to ban abortion. I just I I just there's a as a gay man, I can't support anybody in, in a party that says you're a second class citizen. You don't deserve civil rights. Right. Which, again, I mean, and this is and Steve, this is why I was a Republican for years. And maybe I just I was naive. Possibly, um, but I felt strongly that my voice it was was an important voice to have and continues uh, at the, continue to have. Although I'm not listened to by anybody now, uh, but at the time uh, to to push back and say here there are parts of republicanism like smaller government, lower taxes, and we can debate those issues with how that what that means. But the stuff you talk about the the anti immigrant stuff, which is absolutely nuts in my view for a myriad of reasons, and not least of which of what the Supreme Court ruled today, which is weird. But its anti-gay stance uh, is is equally, and it's not just anti-gay, but it's just, it's uh, gay bashing makes it sound almost quaint. Yeah. It's not. It's worse than that. Yes. Uh, and it's I putting targets be, on an entire population's back. The Republican Party decided 50, 60 years ago, instead of building a strong coalition, let's select groups that we think we can go after safely and attack to distract our voters from the fact that we're not doing anything for the you know for the average white male. But yeah, I would come back and say, look at the 1980 debate between. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. I spoke over no, you. I'm good. sorry, but no, I was, I was no, just no, about no. to say, look at the debate between in the primaries between uh, in 1980 between Ronald Reagan and uh, George H. W. Bush, and they couldn't out. They were try- I mean, they literally tried to out friendly uh, immigrants in this debate. Yeah. It's. It would blow. I mean, literally, Republicans today, their minds would literally explode. It would be kind of fun to watch, frankly, because you see, you go. Or they just go. There were all those times under Obama where they would list Obama, they would list policies, and people would go, oh, those are Obama's policies. And they'd be like, no, those were Eisenhower's policies in the 50s. Right. Yeah, well, Eisenhower, I think, is going about due for a renaissance, too. Um, yeah. Steve, I couldn't agree with you more what's happened to the Republican Party. I think that there were there was movement. In, and I'd be, uh, you know, I just spoke a, a, a uh, you know, a segment before this saying that how, you know, I believe in the truth. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But there are those of us who are within the party working in those working in the halls, working against those kinds of thoughts with the hope that. You know, George W. Bush had, you know, a compassionate conservative. That, that's kind of where I'm coming from, which is that for me, what drives me to, to have the politics I have or had, uh, I don't know what the hell I am now. But anyway, uh, <laughs> was because I felt that these policies were going to help the most amount of people achieve the American dream. Um, I, that's not true anymore because you're absolutely right. You have a Republican Party that literally hates i mean look at the last uh, c- a candidate for governor for illinois um 
Bailey. I mean, he literally Ugh. called the largest city in the state a hellhole, a hellhole, yeah. over and While over, again, demonizing the people who live here. Well, yeah. Yeah. screw yeah. them. I mean, if I, I mean, yeah. no. But again, that, that, represent- again that, that's back to my my main point is that was started 50, 60 years ago. It's not, oh, where did my party go? The party went exactly where it said it was going 50, 60 years ago. I, and to be fair, I, I only met Scott pretty much on this down, this downslide, this backslide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I met, I mean, because he, he was absolutely, he really did not believe that Trump was going to win. And I told him, <laughs> because to Steve's point, I had been, I, I, they were no longer using dog whistles, Scott. Everything yeah. that, uh, that I, that, that really disgusted me about conservatives, I felt was coming to a culmination. This was this me to, to see again to Steve's point. This building energy of stoking hate, uh, of seeing the the rise in militant uh, all these uh, you know militias growing throughout what Michigan and Texas in response to having a black president. I was not surprised at all, and for and absolutely believed he was going to be president. And that's where and that's where my naivete kicked in because I thought black president. No, there, there's. I mean, yeah, you're going to have a, like a minuscule handful of people who are going to be pissed off because of the color of, of the skin of the president. But I was wrong. No, I when I, I happened to be out of the country uh, during the 2016 election, and uh, when I got back, lucky you. Office, yeah. Well, I was. It was funny. I voted early, and I was in the middle of the Atlantic, and we were all like, "Can you turn the ship around? Can we go back to England?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I got into the, I got into work and I sat down with my boss who was fairly liberal. I don't know how far left he is, but you know, raised Christian scientist, but lives as an adult Jew now. Very cool. And he said to me, Steve, I I don't get it. Yeah. Why? How, how did he win? And I said, Eric, you got to understand. There's forty, fifty years of white heterosexual, again, Christian in quotes men who were raised to be taught, you're in charge, you're the boss, you always get first pick, you're always making the decisions. And they have been really, really mad that they've had to stand in line with women and Jews and, and blacks and Arabs and Muslims and gay people. And Trump said, hey, hey, vote me in. I'm moving you all up to the front of the line again. Yeah, it's it's been uh astounding to 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 hear the kinds of things that people are saying even on this show i've had people call up and say that this is a, a judeo-christian country and uh, people like my mother are uh, are ruining it basically me and my mom just single-handedly yeah, he, he eats his boogers yeah you know you can. <laughs> outstanding thank you steve we're gonna we should we should get a shirt or something <laughs> Cheers to booger eating Ken. Thanks, Steve. Have a wonderful, have a wonderful evening. And thanks to the left. Thank you. Let's take a break here. We got a couple more calls on hold. Brian and Roosevelt. We get your calls when we come back. We're hanging out with Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune, and you can find his work as well on the in the daily the Dallas Morning News. Go to gocomics.com. There's a whole section right there for political cartoonists, and he's right in there, and that's updated daily. Did you do every single seven days a week or five? What do you do? Uh, I do well. I, I do about three a week as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Trash. But the comic strip is on seven days a week because you Ooh. know what, Patty? Mm-hmm. Humor never rests. And Prickly City is available at GoComics.com. And your podcast is uh, DMZ America on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Outstanding. More in a moment on Driving It Home with Me, Patty Vasquez. When we come back, oh, Ooh. don't forget Black Garlic. Two seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight for your chance to win a fifty dollar gift card from Gindo's Spice of Life. 
This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Baskin. And I'm joined by Scott Stantis, the cartoonist, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. You can find his work at gocomics.com. We only have a couple minutes left. Uh, so let me take these calls. Uh, Roosevelt has been on hold. Roosevelt, what's on your mind, my friend? Guys? Yes. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Okay, uh, I have a question for Scott. Okay. Okay. I know he said he was a Republican and he did. Formally. Yes. Recovering. Yes. Right. Do you think anybody is left from uh, the the way Reagan ran the country as far as the closest, quote, Republican? Because here's what I I believe in, and this is because of Trump. My opinion, the Republican uh, Party turned into a cult. It's a cult because the guy that's not in there anymore runs the show. They went and kissed his ring down there, all the leaders, well, the McCarthy. So to me, the the party, the Republican Party is gone. Absolutely. Especially, especially if you say, if you say like there's a lot of um uh, there's a lot of people that say because of Reagan, I'm a Republican. And there's Latinos that do that because, yeah. let's face it, because let's face it, he gave amnesty to two million Latinos that didn't have uh, legal means of being here. So for that reason, you know, but for whatever reason, Reagan did it. He did. And, and this quote Republic since then. You don't hear any Republicans, especially the Latino Republicans, saying, well, he gave amnesty to two to million Latinos, especially the that, that, that uh, gang down there in uh, in Florida, because those those particular Republicans are in it for the money to me to me. And they turned their back on who got them here. And that was President Johnson. I'm, I'm going off I, on a tangent in different directions. Hold on a second. Go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. No, Roosevelt, I was just going to agree with you that the, my kind of Republicans and, you know, I worked uh, on, for instance, Jerry Ford's campaign in 76. That's how flippin' old I am. Uh, those were the kind of Republicans, the Midwest Republicans, the Howard Baker Republicans, those uh, Bob Dole, um, uh, those types of Republicans. They're all gone. You're absolutely right. They, it, has, it became a cult. This guy, I mean, think about it for a minute, Roosevelt. This guy tried to overturn an election. Okay, I mean he. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to I, no, shut I, up. No, I, I have to apologize. I just, to all it's of our, mind-boggling. You, you have to shut up. I was just telling you that we're at, we're at the end. <laughs> I should just have that for the end of the show. Alarm, uh, Brian and Lane. I apologize that I'm not able to get to your calls. I have to turn the station over. Uh, so, so thank you so much. And Roosevelt, thank you for calling all of you. Uh, don't forget to text Black Garlic to seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight for your chance to win a gift card from our friends at Gindo Spice of Life. And thank you to our sponsors of the Tech Screen Camp Kubagani, a children child summer of empowerment challenge and fun go to multiculturalcamp.com and scott last words before we turn it over a uh, happy new year uh another year of being your friend and how sweet oh, is that i love being your friend scott thank you so much I for everything it's been your friend it's been fun and uh and always a delight to talk to you and uh and sometimes you make the phones ring for days after we chat so <laughs> i look forward to, if well, you god bless me will you jo- can you pick you pick a day next week because i know I, I called you uh, a little bit late today so you pick a day if you are available to join me for another conversation next week mondays are great mondays so. are oh excellent that's good to know because next week i'm actually taking this week off next week deadlines kick in again and I, you know, I say to those. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
Scott Santos. Find his work at GoComics.com. My best to Janine. Love you. Bye. Good, bye, everybody. Bye. Good night. Uh, the Devil's Advocate's up next with uh, Mike Crew. Bye. I love you, Lady B.